What's going on? It's your boy Mixmaster B here live from the MMB Radio Studios for the MMB Radio Podcast where no topic is too big or too small. We talk about them all and on the phone lines I want to welcome in a woman who I've been courting for a while. And the crazy thing about it is one random day I saw her following me on social media and I'm like, wow, this is really cool. And I just kept hitting her up and I'm like, you know, you should come on the show, you should come on the show. And if there's any positive thing out of this whole COVID quarantine shit, a lot of people can't go anywhere, can't do anything. So I was able to get her to agree to finally come on and talk to us. I want to welcome her in right now, Ms. London River. What's going on? Hello. <laughs> I mean, Not much. I, I was going to say, like I, like I said, I've been courting you for a while. You know, I've been a fan of yours and I start following you on, on Twitter and randomly one day you followed me back and then the thing was it's like we never we didn't have any interaction like we just we didn't we didn't, i don't even know how you even followed me i'm like i was always just kind of curious and you probably don't even know why or how you i have followed no me. idea but I, you know probably some other performer that you've interviewed retweeted you or something that's like that what i, I was know. thinking something. i was like that's mm-hmm. probably why because like i know i followed you and i know there's a lot of fans that follow you and i'm sure you you know follow just any old person back and i'm like wow that's cool she followed me back and then we just never really talked so i was just like all right i'm i'm gonna be the aggressor here i'm gonna finally get her (laughs) on the show because i'm like what could she be doing in these quarantine times that she can't talk to us so with that being said what have you been doing during these quarantine times oh i've been uh Recording myself masturbating in various ways, That's basically. Fun. We like that. Or, yeah, yeah. Or, or like, um, talking to other people on my camera phone while I do it. It's very, it's, it's, it feels like this has become everybody's, you know, personalized version of Groundhog Day. Like, I do basically the same thing every single day. <laughs> it feels like that. And we were talking a little bit <laughs> off air. I said, you know, since the middle of March, I feel like I've been just, like, what would seem like weird shit to most people before all of this has now become, like, normal shit. You know, it's like you're trying to find things to do during quarantine, and, you know, you try to stay positive and try to stay upbeat and try to find uh, new hobbies and, you know, actually partake in hobbies that you don't really get to do as much because everything was you know moving a million miles a minute before quarantine i mean one of the things that i've gotten back into was actually you know doing more of the podcasting but one of the things is i have a stack of books like i am i'm like a nerd when it comes to like biographies and you know autobiographies and i have all these books and i buy them like super cheap somewhere and i'm like i never read any of these books now i'm starting to read more you know so Maybe not as quite as interesting as, you know, watching you masturbate on film, but, you know. It's... Honestly, it's probably, it, it, I, I think that's awesome. I I feel like I haven't done anything all that new. Mm-hmm. Like, I've done, um, like, I, I like pole dancing and stuff like that, and I've been doing that just more for fun. Um, but otherwise, I've just taken my business into my house and have been working. I feel, I feel like I work even more now than I did before, but... But Isn't it's nice. Weird? I get to make my own schedule while I do it, I suppose. That's, so that's the cool that. thing. Yeah, at least you get to make your own schedule. And I, and I can totally relate with that. And I think that's because we had escapes when we could go out to different places, you know? So we would get pulled mm-hmm. away from our, our jobs. And now it's like when we can't go anywhere, you're 
doing more of your work. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't have like an excuse to like not be doing work. You know, you can't be at the bar. You can't be at the club. You can't be doing shopping, you know, unless you're buying like the essential shit. So, uh, yeah, it's it's I could totally relate to that. And one of the things I wanted to note it is on your uh, your bio for your Twitter, you say I do some porn. I'm a stripper sometimes, and occasionally I do nerdy stuff too. So, how much of all this stuff are we doing more, or is it kind of like the same? Like, have you found yourself not being able to do <laughs> as much now, or? I feel like I can do well. I mean, obviously, I'm not doing any porn other than what I'm shooting in my house. And it's limited because it's just me. Mm-hmm. Like, the, my entire adult life, I've hated having roommates. I never want a roommate. And now I really wish I had, like, a porn roommate so that I could have somebody else to sort of shoot with. But instead, I'm um, just trying to be as entertaining as I possibly can just myself. But... um I don't, you know, the other project I got into, and this is beyond stupid, like this has no purpose that will ever benefit anybody in life, is I'm reading each Harry Potter book and then watching the movie immediately after reading it and then moving on to the next Harry Potter book. So, Are, are you noting like differences? That. Is there differences in the movies and the books? Like I'll be out there and, and, and I might alienate myself from a lot of listeners. I have never once watched any of the movies or read any of the books i just it's something i've never gotten into but is there like is there differences oh of course like well you know every time you have a book that's turned into a movie there has to be changes because what goes well in a book is not necessarily what goes well in a film you know, and so, so every once in a while, like when, like with The Shining, I feel like is a good example. And people have all kinds of opinions, and I'm sure that I'm going to alienate some of your listeners now. <laughs> but the original Shining was a really good movie, but it almost had nothing to do with the book. Like the characters were the same, and the general idea was sort of the same. Like the, but but there was so many changes that people lost their fucking minds. Then they made that made-for-TV movie that really followed the book well. And it was garbage because everything that made that book great didn't, you couldn't, you couldn't record it in a, it like, uh, it wasn't good for cinema. So I think that the same thing, I mean, so I don't get mad when people change a movie or change a book for a movie. It doesn't really bother me, but I do every once in a while, just sort of like to, um, watch and try to figure out why they made the changes that they did because sometimes i don't really understand but um yeah it's very it's been it's like i said it's a very pointless thing to be doing as a hobby right now but it's not like (laughs) i don't have time well i was gonna say i always love when people tell me that they go and they see like all the uh the marvel movies and they get so butthurt and so upset because they're like that's not what happened in the comic book and i'm like really like who gives a shit yeah exactly (laughs) i always look at it from this standpoint if if it's you know or like there's look at the comic when they go oh well the movie wasn't as good look i've looked at a lot of playboys and a lot of penthouse and a lot of hustler magazines and i think the porno versions of it are just as equally as good if not better so right (laughs) to each their own with that um yeah it's just a different medium and some things translate better than others. I, yeah, some, whatever. Some people need visuals and, you know, they can't, you know, the book version doesn't work for them. And, you know, it is what it is. But um, 
you mentioned too that you were doing a, a lot of the uh, pole dancing, and and you know, I've seen the videos that you post on your Twitter. So you have a pole in your house, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, again, according to the bio, you sometimes do porn and sometimes you're a stripper. Um, so what came first? Uh, you know, I always see our stories of people oh, stripping and then stripping. Trans- stripping came a long time ago. I started dancing when I was 18. Okay. Um, which was longer ago than I would like to like admit. <laughs> but, and then, and then I, and then I didn't get into porn until my late twenties. So. Okay. Now, when you were doing yeah. the dancing and everything, obviously you got to pull in your house so you can practice and everything. And then it just looks, it looks like it's, it's difficult to do. Like how much practice did you put into it? And like, how often do you, you know, spin around in, in your living room? Um, you know, I used to actually be much better at this, at this point, because I got breast implants and it really weakened my pectoral muscles. And so it's been about two years since then. And I can finally be, you know, picking up my whole body weight and everything again, because for a long time, I just really couldn't, um, or I would feel something shift and freak myself out or whatever. Um, but you know, I, I didn't learn to pole dance outside of the bar. The The pole came when I moved and wasn't dancing as much. And then I got a pole because I missed dancing. But everything I ever taught myself, I just did while I was, you know, drunk or stoned and rolling around on a stage and was like, I think I'll do this fucking thing. And so... I don't know if it's it's hard, but it's not any harder than any other workout. You just sort of progressively get better at it. So it's just like learning how to ride a bike. Like at first, you're just going to fall down and eventually you're doing wheelies. Yeah, but but you're learning how to ride the bike drunk. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And people are throwing money at your bike as you're riding by. Exactly. People, People are like... Boy, you look good on that bicycle. <laughs> throw money on, on, the, on that drunk person. The on way you go yeah, up and down on that banana seat was fucking hot. Like here, there's a tip for that, you know. So, uh, actually, there are some people that make riding a bike look pretty hot. Reality Kings has done a bunch of scenes that oh, really? started with a girl on a bicycle. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you <laughs> Going know, and up I, and I down on this, that banana seat. <laughs> and, and that's when I realized that, like. I, I realized at an early age that what I see on film is just not real life. And I've said this before in previous episodes about I was at a, I went to Miami once and I'm walking on the beach of Miami and I was very disappointed that I didn't see any kind of like bang buses or anything like that. Not that I wanted to get in the bus and be banged unless it was like, you know, a hot girl in there. But I was kind of disappointed. I was walking down the beach in Miami and I'm like. All right, so all the videos show like hot girls on the beach, and all I saw was like geriatrics and senior citizens, and you know, yeah, and like you know, sort of really pale tourists, people very sunburned. Yeah, I mean, yeah. at this point, you're not seeing any of that on the beaches, you know, and you know, so it's kind of disappointing, but um, yeah, so I, that's when I, I realized that everything that you see on video is not real life, but um. Yeah, I have to I have to look into these bicycle scenes, you know. Yeah, look into the. Well, I did a bicycle scene for I don't even remember the company. I would love to. I would love to mention them, but I can't because I can't remember who it was for. But I did a bicycle scene like that too. But they gave me actual bicycle shorts, which aren't necessarily flatty, flattering at all. 
<laughs> and then they wanted me to ride the bike and they didn't put air in the tires and they're like, ride it up this hill. And it's like fucking a dirt trail. And I'm sitting there like, <laughs> I'm going to be too tired for the scene before the scene even starts. Can we put some air in the tires at least? And then, yeah. And riding a flat tired bike, sexy up a dirt hill is, uh, it's impossible. <laughs> I did not. I did not. I was not able to accomplish it. <laughs> but I'm sure there's some the guy bike, out there that enjoyed but it. But it wasn't hot. It was not sexy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, you started off, like you said, you're doing the whole stripping thing. And, and it's funny. It sounds so stereotypical. You know, how people, they start off doing dancing and stripping. And then next thing you know, they end up in porn. Um, how did, what, how was your transition? How did that all go about? Well, it wasn't that smooth. Um, I mean, I was, I stripped all the way through college and then I moved to Chicago for a while and I danced there and stuff. And then I got a job teaching in Costa Rica. So I moved to Costa Rica and then I just went back to stripping, um, during basically during school breaks. So they have like a long break over what, well, our winter, but there it's just the dry season. So they have a break over the dry season. That's like summer vacation. And I would always go back up to Chicago then and in the dead of winter, like an idiot and dance. And so, um, and that's when I started getting a pole in my house and stuff. Cause most of the time I wasn't dancing and I didn't start porn until I moved back up from Costa Rica. And I wanted to try some BDSM shit. Okay. And, uh, and and the only reason I did it on camera was because I don't want, you know, I don't want to meet like some stranger on some website that's like, yeah, I can tie you up and, you know, and then I end up dead. I was right? going to say, you have that fi- so, like, video proof that you're, you know, who your kidnapper was if they it, decided to go that route. <laughs> yeah. And if it's a big company, like the, the first company I, I, the first two companies I worked for were Insects, which is a pretty, really well-known BDSM company, and then Kink.com, which I'm sure everybody knows mm-hmm. at this point. Or if you don't, you you don't watch enough porn. Um, so wait, hold on. I know so, that. Does that mean I watch too much of it? <laughs> no, no, you okay. watch plenty. You're okay. good. <laughs> you, I just want to make sure. I was like, wait, right yeah, that sounded was like, <laughs> I watch more than the average person because I know what this is. No, I just mean, like, if you don't know it, like, how do you not know? Okay. You've never watched cool. porn if you don't know. Gotcha. Everyone knows kink.com. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, but like, I was like, if I die while in the hands of, you know, kink.com, mm-hmm. it's going to really ruin the reputation. So they're probably not going to let that happen. <laughs> and that was my, that's how I ended up in porn. What? I said it would make a hell of a 2020 episode, you know, I, that's... You know, I could see them right? jumping all over that, you know. Girl from yeah. Costa Rica does, you know, bondage and it is kidnapped and killed. I mean, it just, it sounds like they're making so the first 48 hours. Exactly. Well, and I was trying to avoid that. By yeah. just but we're glad that you companies. did. Yeah. We're glad that you accomplished that. Thank you. I'm glad, it, you know, it worked out. And then somehow it, then it sort of, you know, transitioned into regular porn. I don't really know how that happened. <laughs> I think I just wanted to charge more money for lap dances, honestly. And I was like, if I become more popular, then I'll be able to charge people more to dry hump their trousers. And yeah. so that's what I do. 
Yeah, and I mean, I mean, you got name recognition now, so you got, you know, it's like, hey, you know, that that dance just went up a little bit, you know, like Google my name, and then you'll see why this dance is costing you more money. Um, yeah, well, now I feature dance, so I get paid to show up. There you go. Yeah, it's like magic. It's now, the opposite of everything I've ever experienced as a stripper. <laughs> but, now, when yeah. you went, when you said you went to Costa Rica, what were you teaching in Costa Rica? Um, well, I was teaching English. Well, I was teaching in English, but I taught at a Montessori school, but I taught multiple subjects. Um, but the kids, half of their day was spent um, with English speaking teachers and the other half of their day was spent with Spanish speaking teachers. Um, and, and then it would flip flop throughout the school year who was with what, who, when, so that, um, basically just so that they were constantly switching back and forth between the languages while learning every subject at some point and they would get fluency in both of them. So now, is this what you were so studying was, to do when you were in college? Yeah. Well, okay. not, I mean, I was, I was studying, I was studying, um, uh, education and in and English, like an English major is sort of fucking worthless, but also education. And then I ended up doing that. Yeah. I don't now, how know. Did, how did you come I decided to move to Costa, Costa Rica gig? <laughs> I mean, this is like, this is not something that just pops up on an indeed app, you know, or, you know, or monster.com that, you know, Hey, you could be a teacher in Costa Rica. Actually, it does. It's it pretty does? easy to find them. <laughs> Actually, it's more common than you may believe, you know? Well, yeah, well, usually it's China. Um, China's always looking for teachers, and they'll just look for basically anyone that's ESL certified. But for the reason I picked Costa Rica was because I wanted to um, live there specifically. I've been doing volunteer projects during my college breaks up in, like, through college, and I did um, a conservation project in Costa Rica for a while, and I just liked it there a lot, so I wanted to move there. Interesting, you know. Um, wasn't there uh, any job opportunities in Chicago, or is it just that was yeah, what attracted you? Because wanted you, to move to yeah. Costa Rica. Like, I like to try. Okay, to simple enough, you know. I mean, being in the dead <laughs> of winter in Chicago, I'm sure, I mean, I would love to get away anywhere and be stuck well, in the snow. Well, like I said, I was always in Chicago, though, in the dead of winter, because that was when our school breaks were. So I'd still go back to Chicago to dance in the winter to make extra money, because teachers get teachers don't get paid enough in the United States. They really don't get paid a lot in Central America. But... um but yeah, I just wanted to live there, and so I did. You know, it's got me thinking now during this whole quarantine, how many kids are not in school right now, and how many teachers are not teaching and not working. And it sucks that some of these mm-hmm. strip clubs are not open, because, you know, I might see, like, my fourth grade teacher, you know, high school teachers, you know, they got to make money, like you said. So it's kind of disappointing. <laughs> Yeah, I think the teachers are still getting paid and they're still coming up with curriculum. And I, some of my friends are still, they still do some online courses and stuff, at least for kids that have access to internet and things like that. So, because then, it, you know, I think parents that can, that have internet access are taking advantage of that for sure, because they would rather not homeschool their kids. They 
the burden. That's a, that's a, that's a lot. So, who so knows? but yeah, a few of my friends are still teaching. So you, you got into the, the porn game and you said it was a little bit later on in your late twenties. And mm-hmm. if anybody like goes ahead and a, um, Google your name or, you know, are familiar with you, you get the tag of MILF a lot. And how does that, like, how did that make you feel? Like, because I've spoken to other guests and they're like, I hate tags, you know, just because I'm a certain age, I'm already labeled this. Do you really care about that much or has it helped or hurt you in the, in the, in the business? Well, I think, okay, I guess I have opinions about this, but there's, I don't really give a shit that much on a, in a personal way because I know it, it's not even, it's not even calling someone old anymore. It's basically saying you're over 25 mm-hmm. and you're a MILF in this industry, or you have big boobs and you're a MILF in this industry. So um, that doesn't bother me. I don't really give a fuck, but what, what does bother me is that separation, like with the AVN awards, I get kind of pissed off because there's a separate category for like female performer of the year and MILF performer of the year. And you never see somebody that's nominated for MILF performer of the year, also nominated for female performer of the year Mm -hmm. and female performer of the year is a stage call. So part of me is sitting here like, so after a certain age, you can't be a, performer of the year like you're not a good enough performer but that's not even true because like Angela White and I are the same age and she's always she always wins female performer of the year right and I'm not winning anything but it's still just like on a like a I don't know in this weird like it just seems like once you've decided to take a MILF role now you become sort of shoved to the side when it comes to the award system. And I don't love that. That kind of pisses me off because basically it's saying like, if you, if you take this part, you, you're less legitimate in some ways. And I don't love, I oh, yeah, that bothers me, but, but I work more. So that's why I decided I would take MILF roles. Like, because I work constantly because I'm basically a stepmom every goddamn day of my life. (laughs) Well, and it's funny because (laughs) the first thing I thought of and and an analogy that I had for that, where you say performer of the year, and then you have MILF of the year. And it may make sense to you. I don't know if you're into sports or anything. I always just related to like baseball when you have, they have an award for the best pitcher, which is the Cy Young award. And then you have the MVP, which is the, you know, obviously the most valuable player award. And very rarely do you see a pitcher win the MVP award. And they're like, well, they got the Cy Young. And it's just, why can't he be the most valuable player on the the league? What the cock is that shit? Like, that doesn't make any sense. He can't be a pitcher and the most valuable player. Exactly. I mean, it's happened before in history, but it's just a rarity. And they always say, well, you know, they have their own separate award. And it's like, but why? So that's kind of like how I looked at it. It's like, all right, so why did this MILF have to have their own separate yeah, but award. What pisses me off is the MILF performer of the year is a lesser award. So female performer of the year, you get called on stage and make a speech. Like, thank God that will never happen to me, but <laughs> it so bothers me. But you me would love the opportunity to say that you at least were acknowledged for that. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or just, or I would love for like 
other people, not me. Uh, the the last thing I like it terrifies me every every year when nominations come in. I'm like, don't be nominated for anything that could get called on stage, please, because I would I would fucking cry. I don't I wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> no, I mean having <laughs> having a separate MILF award. I mean it's just it's really. I look at it as like it's almost like a category so it's like if you have like best interracial or best you know whatever category and do those people who get nominated for those certain categories can they still qualify for a performer of the year absolutely well so that's the point I'm making so what's the I can still do like I can still be have the best anal scene or in the best boy girl scene best girl girl scene best whatever and be nominated for MILF Performer of the Year, I technically qualify to be nominated for Female Performer of the Year. I've just never seen it done. And, like, when you have people like Alexis Foe who are nominated, I mean, she's amazing. I just fucking worked with her right before this all happened. Or Cherie DeVille, where they're getting nominated for MILF Performer of the Year, but these are fucking phenomenal performers. So why don't they get also get nominated for the award that would be a stage call that's announced on the actual Showtime fucking program as opposed to just listed at the end? Like I, oh, something that has shit. to be investigated into to figure this out. It just doesn't. Seem... I'm not. I'm not going to investigate into it because I'm not. Uh, I have no power. <laughs> it's kind of weird how you know how they do that because again like you said you could be a milf and still be the you know performer of the year it's no different than saying you know like you said you had best anal or best you know interracial right and those people are nominated for you know performer of the year so you know we gotta find out what this bias is against role it's just the script that you've gotten so like have you played a stepmom okay you're a milf and you can like fucking be nominated for this award it's i think i i think that it's it's a it's a bullshit and some some ageist nonsense but it's not even because well and i think i think joanna angel who is fucking amazing but she's older than me and she still got nominated for female performer of the year because she doesn't take milk roles so i'm like so and plus she got a lot of tags because, so you know, like she might be characterized as, a, you know, a category, you know, right. for like, you know, goth or tat, you know, or whatever role. Right. But she's still she's still qual- she still gets she, yeah. to be uh, nominated for female performer of the year as well. So it's just it, to me, it's just bullshit because it's like it's a bias. against once, the So once you accept a script and it's one of the most popular scripts in porn, but once you accept it, now you are no longer allowed to get this award. That's stupid. And it's always weird too, because like you say, it's, it's, it's a, such a popular uh, genre. And it's funny because it's like MILF almost has become, I don't want to say it's like culturally accepted, but it's almost become like a term that like you hear in everyday language where it's not, it's outside of porn language. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you actually, you know, it's it's always weird. It's like, is that really like flattering to call somebody a MILF? Because I mean, you break it down what it all stands for. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, could you like if you were to actually say that to somebody? You know, would it? Well, I'm not a MILF anyway. I don't have any kids. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, saying it's just really... like I feel like in regular society now, it's just like, oh, she's a MILF. You know, because she had a kid, 
and I could be like your coworker or something. It's just like, yeah, that's, it's like it's no. not it's not really flattering, but it's like I'm just saying is I hear it a lot more now in regular society talk and outside of porn. But yeah, it is a big a uh, big genre. Well, it's objectifying. It's it's you know. I don't want to get too political, but it's kind of breaking down. It's, it's really objectifying to women because it's not just like about age. It's breaking down women based on like reproduction and just weird. Like it has nothing to do with the person you're talking about. It has nothing to do with their character or even their appearance to some extent. It's just, um, and so it's, it's, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird term. But in a, in a way, I don't really care that much because I make a lot of money with it. So I, I say, can't you, have that strong of an opinion. <laughs> being characterized as MILF, do you see an increase in, you know, um, opportunities for roles because you accepted it? Huge. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it kind of outweighs yeah. the whole, you know, not being nominated. I mean, it's great to be nominated for Performer of the Year, but... As long as you're yeah, and, and for me, I'm not really worried about me getting nominated. I'm I'm still like newer than some. People. It just like pisses me off. I don't know why. Like the like two years ago when Cherie Deville didn't even get to get on stage to accept her award. I'm like that. That seems stupid to me. Um, and they just changed that. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Awards don't really fucking matter, but it just mm-hmm. bothers me that suddenly it was decided that, you know, people like her are less important than whoever won the other award. I don't know. Whatever. Now, when you got into, like you said, you're doing like the bondage stuff and then it, it just kind of segued into actual porn. And you mentioned you don't even know how that even kind of came about. It just kind of just happened. Um, when you were doing this, how long did you decide or did you decide that you wanted to continue to do something like this? And like, what were, what were kind of like your goals going into it? Uh, or were there any? Like I said, I wanted to charge more for lap dances. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, couldn't you just charge more and just kind of taking the chance that they would give you more for a lap dance? Or did you feel like you needed to do the porn route? It's, it's easier to charge more because you're always, you're always competing with the other girl that you're working with. So you kind of want to charge somewhere in the range that everyone else is charging. Um, but it's weird. Once you are like feature dancing, my, what I like, what I charge for a single song is a few times more than what other people are charging just for one lap dance. And, um, and it has nothing it has nothing to do with the quality of my lap dance or anything. Not that they're bad, but, <laughs> but, but, but it's just because I'm on a few DVD covers. Oh. And, um, and so you can, I suppose say, Hey, I want to charge a lot more, but you're not going to be able to sell them that way. You sort of have to do porn or something like that. Gotcha. I mean, I've had friends who've told me they've gone into, you know, clubs and had lap dances from, feature dancers and they say you know i paid all this money i'm like well you know how was the dance and i'm like i don't know i just got stuck talking to her you know because i was just so starstruck talking to her and i'm like so you just spent all this money just to talk to her and they're like well yeah and i'm like okay <laughs> so, i mean so did you see that happen a lot with you where it's like guys get in there and they just become so starstruck that they just start rambling and talking out of like you know like a nervous twitch that they just keep talking and don't even enjoy the dance or 
Yeah, but I usually just keep dancing while just they're doing that they're and I'll saying. respond to them because it makes me nervous. Like I get nervous for them. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and so I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to I'm just going to do my job and you can say what you want to say or not say. I, you can do what you need to do while you're sitting there. <laughs> I'm just going to I'm just going to do the part I agreed to. Do. <laughs> yeah, cuz it, it's hard for me. I get I, when other people get nervous in front of me, I start to get nervous. And so I just try to ignore it (laughs) which is funny because when we were talking off air trying to get you to come on the podcast you're like oh no i'm kind of quiet i'm kind of shy i'm like don't be like this is like this is this is chill time on mnb radio you know like there's nothing to be nervous about but i could totally relate to what you're saying like seeing somebody else nervous and then i've had guests where people are just like for whatever reasons you know are just very like introvert and i'm like oh my god like please like warm up start talking like crack a joke do something because you're making me nervous and i can't do my job um well and then you're like pulling teeth probably because you're not getting any feedback right yeah and, and then and then you're like mm-hmm. okay so so what did you have for lunch today <laughs> like just like you're trying to think this <laughs> shit because you know they give you like really like short one word answers and i'm like so what made you get into porn sex okay so what do you enjoy about it sex all right uh and you just don't know where to go segue from that you know Um, you know with some girls and probably dudes i don't really i don't really know but with some girls sometimes when you talk to a girl it's like i'll ask girls that just out of curiosity on something like how'd you end up in this business and they're like i just like fucking and i'm like but you're a hot girl. You could fuck without without being here. <laughs> like, yeah. got, like, I like fucking as much as anyone, but turning it into a business is a completely different thing. Exactly. Um, well, maybe somebody but, got to them and just told them. It was like, you know, if you, look, every Friday, Saturday night, you're coming home from the bar and you're sucking some dude off. So you might as well get paid to do it. You know, if you're going to do it, at least do it in you know a legal way. Maybe that was their no, there, there is that. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I rather than doing it in an illegal way and hooked up with the wrong person at the wrong time, you know, and next thing you know, you're spending it just seems in jail. like It just seems like I just want to fuck is not like a legit reason to start any career. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is true. But I don't really know what it well, is. Well, it's funny, like... too, because sometimes I get the answer that they got into it because of money. You know, and it makes me think that, you know, OK, and it, it, it's it's weird, though, because some people I find some people do it, you know, for sex. Some people do it for money. Some people do it for both. And some people, you know, really brand themselves. And I've had numerous guests on where I was really intrigued. I was like, wow, these people really like they got a level head where they're like, you know, I'm doing this, but I have a game plan and I want to brand myself and I want to market myself. And, you know, I got bigger plans and ideas while I'm doing this. And then I had, have had other guests on where it's just kind of like, it was like a shit show. And it's just like, like, why are you doing this? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, it's just bad direction. So, um, I guess what I'm, I'm leading into is when you got into this, like, did you have any, uh, support system, friends, family, or did you not tell them? Like, how did, how did that all come about? Oh, I, I told friends and immediate family, like um, not not the extended family relatives or whatever. But I'm, but with my immediate second family, and third friends, cousins don't open. need to know. Yeah, like they don't get to. Well, 
nieces and nephews will find it in due time when they're old enough and they accidentally surf across it. Um, Absolutely. You know, well, and right now my nephews are very, very young, so I probably won't still be doing this by the time they're, you know, teenagers surfing the web. And it'll become one of those things like, They'll find something old and I'll have to be like, yeah, that used to happen. And, you know. <laughs> when you told immediate family, what was their reactions? Um, you know, mo- for the most part, people like worry to begin with. People like, 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 um, I hear that a lot. Yeah, my mom was my mom was worried for my safety and and it's things like that. Like you signed like up for like then, armed services or something. Like you're going into the military. Like they're always they freak out like you're going to die or something. Right. Well, and you know I explained the testing situation to her and and stuff like that, and, and she feels more comfortable with that now. So it, it's still not something that you know we'll sit and chit chat about, obviously. Um, but it's also not one of those things that is absolutely appalling either. So I'm not one of those girls that's like, my mom just told me how proud she is of me. But my mom did tailor my AVN dress for the last two years. So, you know, <laughs> that's where we're at. Well, that's, it's good because, you know, I always ask that question of people because I always love to hear the different responses. Some people, you know, they have the family that are like, you know, I knew you were going to do that and it's fine as long as you're safe. And then you've had the people that like don't tell their family and the people that have had told their family and end up being disowned by their family. And I feel like everybody has like a different story and a different reaction to it. So, I mean, your family was pretty much understanding and and chill about it or did they have to kind of warm up to it after a while? You said your mom tailored your dress, so. Yeah, they had to warm up to it, but I think that's normal to, you know, it's obviously not what they envisioned me doing when I was in college. So I think it's normal that they had to but warm up to it. But you did accomplish something but... from college. I mean, you did teach, so it's not like you didn't, you know, fulfill that. Yeah, I just, I just decided <laughs> to do something else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's some people that go through college that go in over education or whatever and then never do anything with that degree or in that world. So, you know, yeah, kudos to I you. Spent you at least five got years yeah. anything, so yeah. you at least so accomplished anyway, what you go. started, you know. So that's that's something to be proud of and acknowledge. Um now, I mean, was your family or like when you're growing up, were they always like a laid back family? Um or were they strict? Like like I'm always intrigued like how people get into that world of, you know, adult performing you know the adult no, I, I don't world. think it would have anything to do with my family no i think no, about no, like you know, daddy issues or any kind of weird no. shit that happened my parents my parents have been happily married to they were 20 okay. um and like they're i don't have i don't have any weird issues with my like I have. I actually grew up in one of those, like you know, upper middle class families. It was like a television show, um, and not overly strict. I, except for when it came to schoolwork, that was the only thing that was really important is grades. But everything else, they were kind of relaxed about, like like having a messy bedroom and shit like that didn't matter. So, um, 
And curfews were pretty lenient, things like that. It's just it, like basically in my family, you could do whatever the fuck you wanted if you had a good GPA. So, okay. Because again, not to keep comparing but, to other people's stories, but you hear people that, you know, they have some kind of like weird shit that went on at home and that's why they do what they do now or they've had a strict household and that was like a rebellion thing for them that they, you know, did this. So, um, like what was your exposure to, uh, porn and like the adult stuff? I mean, did you like interact with any kind of stuff? Like, did you find old magazines that dad had or anything like that? Or is it just kind of like, I'm kind of curious of like how your childhood was not child childhood, but like high school years. Like how were you during all that process? I honestly was pretty just normal. I was a really, I was a really normal nerdy kid that wanted to get A's. I was president of my 4-H club. Okay. I grew up in Nebraska. I mentioned that right. <laughs> like it makes sense. But yeah, no, I I I like showed uh, livestock and was in 4-H and I was basically uh nothing nothing weird happened in high school now when you uh you got into the business and everything like you see people come out of the woodwork and did you have, have you had any people that you hadn't spoken to in a long time just hit you up and were like hey like I saw this and where did you just you know have the same friends from high school or um, I don't really have any of the same friends from high school except one, and he absolutely doesn't give any fucks about that. Um, like, it's like something that came up, and he's like, is this you? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, fuck, okay, I thought so. And then that was the end of the conversation, and then we started talking <laughs> he's like, about oh, it. Fuck. I clicked so. <laughs> off of it after I finished. <laughs> <laughs> he left that he left that one crucial detail out of the sentence he was like oh yeah I I don't really give it after shit. i finished you know i don't care he can finish it <laughs> that's fine keep going just call me when you're Do done text me when you're done when you're all cleaned up it's all good i mean honestly at the end of the day it's like when you do what you do um it's it's kind of like i don't know Maybe I, you know, I can't speak for other people. I would almost feel insulted if somebody was not doing what they're doing. Well, you know, looking at my material, I kind of feel like I'm not doing my job then if, you know, it's not making you want to do something. Yeah, I have every once in a while met people that are that aren't in porn. And like when I meet them, they decide that they like me for some reason. And so they can't watch my porn, which I think is hilarious. It happens reason. though. I don't know it why. does happen. I can I can honestly I can admit that, you know, there's times where I've had people on the show that I've formed friendships with and I see them exotica every year and you just kinda like you talk to them like normal people because at the end of the day that's really what the fuck they are. They're they are normal people. They're not aliens or, you know, some kind of like, you know, imaginary person. Um but yeah, I can understand that. Like there's people that I've I've you know, first started off as, as a fan and then had him on the podcast and then, you know, see him every year. And then we talk about normal shit, like non porn related stuff that it's kind of weird to one, either talk about porn stuff or watch their material again. I mean, I support it and everything, but 
it's weird watching it back or, you know, talking to him about it because you've, you've formed that friendship where you're kind of like, Oh yeah, that's cool. You know, how's such and such doing, you know, like family members of theirs. And it's kind of like, how do you segue back into, uh, you know, the porn stuff. So I can understand that. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> well, and I don't, I guess, I mean, I'm in porn and I have friends in porn and I, for the most part, don't watch any of their, well, I don't watch that much porn anyway, but other, other than like one person, I don't watch anybody's porn that I'm friends with. So I suppose I get it. Like, you don't want to watch. I mean, people ask me all that. the time, like when I go to Exotica, like I get, like I'm, I'm supporting the people there, the talent there. You, you get an autographed DVD. I'm like, I'll be honest. Like I got the autographed DVD because I was supporting them. I don't watch these DVDs. Like, you know, that's not a, that's not a diss to them or that I don't care about them. It's just like, I don't, I just, I don't know. I just don't, I don't watch it like that to, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know if that makes sense. Like I've, i it's the same thing where I bought, albums of people cds you know you're like okay like i listened to it once and you know you know i just really bought because i supported the artist i mean it's not saying that the stuff isn't any good it's just like there's just so much of it out there Mm -hmm. i don't know like i said i don't know if that made sense or not (laughs) she's like yeah i guess (laughs) (laughs) to each their own you know what i mean like fuck it i got paid to do the scene so whether you watch it or not you know whatever (laughs) Um, yeah, it doesn't actually make that big of a difference, yeah. like which individual enjoys the scene and which doesn't. Yeah, like fuck, my but, life is ruined now. Like I, I did that scene hoping that Mixmaster B would watch it and enjoy it, and he just left this the DVD in the casing and threw it to the side. Like what the fuck? Like you know how much work I had to put into trying to drive that bicycle with no air in the tires for him to not want to watch it. You know. <laughs> how do uh how do fans react though when they do meet you like do you get a lot of like uh starstruck fans like what is what is like one of the the weirdest interactions you've ever had when meeting a fan i oh gosh i don't know i have a really high tolerance for weird um that goes back to the nerdy stuff i'm assuming Probably not or calling actually, all nerdy from, people weird or anything, you know, I've just, I think I'm, it's just because I've been stripping for so long. So I've just, you know, been around a lot of, a lot of weird, like become immune to it. Yeah. I'm sort of, I, so when you are asked like the weirdest fan interaction in person, probably just a drunk guy that held my hand way too long. Like he shook my hand and then he held it. And then kind of started to caress it while he was talking to me. And that was a little bit, but it was like, and it doesn't sound that weird, but like, it was a lot. It was, it was, it was a lot. Like, and then I kind of had to pry my hand away from him. And that was weird. Um, but, for, but for the most part, people are pretty normal. Apparently I'm intimidating to approach in person, which I think is pretty funny. So, um, like saying, people people, kind people of, recognize you out on the street? Like, I mean, like out and about just doing your normal everyday stuff that people like recognize you and come up to you? Or do you kind of sense someone recognizes you because they give you that weird, creepy like stare like they're looking at you? And then next thing you know, they're like Googling pictures of you and trying to like compare. Um, Not speaking from experience or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, 
I don't I don't really pay that much attention to what people are doing. So sometimes somebody will stare at me on the street, but you know, people people are people have been creepy forever. So it could be because they recognize me or it just could be because they're creepy. They're creepy. I was gonna say because they're just talk. fucking creepy. <laughs> I mean I mean I could get but that. Every, you know, they may they might recognize you and they might just say, Oh, she's just a hot girl, so I'm just gonna stare regardless if she does porn or not. Yeah, I think that sometimes that kind of thing happens because I've had guys like introduce themselves and get my ask for my number or, you know, sometimes possibly get it depending on who they are um, without recognizing me. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to think that people maybe aren't looking at me just because they think they've seen me, you know, take a dick up the ass. But maybe I am sure it happens sometimes. And or or then worse, or have them suggest that you do when meeting you. What? That or said or worst yet, having them suggest that you do take a dick up the ass when meeting you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, but, like, I don't know if you do porn or not, but you should do porn. You should you should definitely be taking dicks up the ass. Yeah. <laughs> so all the dicks up the ass for you. <laughs> Here, here's my number. <laughs> if you had haven't had a large dick up your ass with a camera rolling, you should really look into it. Um, no, <laughs> that hasn't happened. That everybody should at least try once in their lifetime. <laughs> Creep level just went to a million. <laughs> but. I've had a guy in a, at a gas station recognize me and a um, a guy at Enterprise Rental Car in Las Vegas recognized me, like the guy that worked there. And it was, that was awkward because he had all of my information, like with my driver's license and everything sitting in front of him. And he looked at me and he's like, are you London River? And I was like, uh... <laughs> Because like, so, that's terrifying. But I don't think he realized. I don't think he thought about how fucked up it was for him to like real like point out that he recognized me while he's got like my driver's license in hand. That's it was fucked up. But um, <laughs> gives a whole sure new good. perspective on the motto of "We'll pick you up." You know, he's trying to pick you yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. A whole nother way. <laughs> Well, and he was nice. He wasn't like he wasn't was overly creep. creepy, but I think it's just like things that people don't think about. Like, oh, you might make this person feel afraid for their life um, <laughs> if you say this thing to them. He was a, he was a polite <laughs> creep, though. You know, he said please and thank you, and you know, and said just you make know, sure you sign right here. Business. You know, just need your signature here and here. You know, he was he was professional <laughs> at being a creep. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, he wasn't. He, yeah, he wasn't. I, he wasn't trying to. Nobody is really ever trying to be a creep. I try to keep that in mind. When I'm creeped out, I'm like, this person isn't trying to fucking scare me. They yeah. just are because they're not <laughs> thinking about the fact that like what they're doing might be scary. Yeah. I had an Uber driver recognize me at one point too, and I had him drop me off like like a mile from my house. I was like, oh, you can just let me out here. And he's like, oh, why? And I'm like, because I don't want you to go to my house. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to complete this trip. It's over. We're done. (laughs) So that's got to be awkward, too, because, I mean, I mean, honesty is the best policy. And, you know, being blunt, like, because you're creeping me to fuck out. So I'm just going to get out here. You know, like, I, I would feel like I would have to make some kind of excuse because being that honest about it, I'm like, 
now this guy's just gonna fucking drive slow as I walk, you know, and I can't dip into a bodega or some little corner store and just hide out for a while. Well, that's the nice thing about being in L.A. is you can basically, you know, act like a like a crazy person if somebody follows you. Like, I would just start screaming and yelling on, you know, Ventura Boulevard. Somebody's going to look my direction and be like, what the fuck is that girl yelling at? Oh, it's at that creepy car that's stalking her. Let's, you know. So you get the crazies that go against the crazies. It's like creep versus creep. Like, you're going to get somebody that's going to be even more of a creep (laughs) to, like, counteract the other creep. I'm like... I'm in a find. There's. I'm in L.A. There's some. I was gonna say fucking, that's L.A. for there's you. Some guy <laughs> that spends too much time in the gym who's just waiting to be somebody's knight in shining armor. And here the fuck I am it's in like need the, of a knight in shining armor. Come bulb. help me, dude. <laughs> the light bulb goes off. This is my moment. Yes, this is what I've been waiting for. You know. <laughs> I've been working for this. I'm going to show I up. I knew all that creatine and steroids would pay off one day. Here, I, Here's my moment. <laughs> you know, like, what the fuck? What I have to look forward Can to. I... I've, I've never been to L.A., but now I like now I like I've, I've always said, you know, I've always compared because being an East Coaster, you know, not too far from New York City. I'm always comparing. I'm like, I wonder if L.A. and New York are kind of the same or if it's just like no. a different different flavor. Oh, weird. They're not the same. It's a very different flavor. <laughs> now, I mean, you live in L.A. now. I mean, obviously, I guess you would have to live in L.A. to be working mm-hmm. in a business. Um, yeah. What was that transition like coming from, like, the Midwest, corn husking to dick sucking? It's kind of a whole new. I don't know. I get, like, L.A., well, honestly, Costa Rica was kind of a good way to transition that because um, at least the city of San Jose is sort of set up similar to LA. It's just like a whole bunch of different neighborhoods and huge urban sprawl and terrible traffic. And, and so kind of navigating here where people are bitching about traffic and shit. And I'm like, this is nothing. This is fine. Um, that was the, the biggest transition I think was, getting making friends here it's really hard everyone is busy and so proud of how fucking busy they are like if you come here the moment you start talking to someone they will brag about how they have like a badge of honor here and so when you make friends with people they'll always cancel for work it's um, it's like, it's some shit we're known for. Like people will make jokes about it. I have a friend, um, Kate Kennedy, she's a comedian and she calls it like the LA flake where, or the LA orgasm where both people cancel plans at the last minute <laughs> because, because we were, yeah. I, and I, that's some shit that as a Midwestern person, I've never understood. I'm like, oh, you made plans with somebody. So you just rearrange your schedule and unless there's an emergency, you keep your plans, but not here. Like the second something becomes remotely inconvenient, the plans cancel. Mm -hmm. Um, And so making friends is difficult. What's dating like? Oh, hang on. Is this the LA flake right now? No, no, no. Oh, okay. It was I had an alarm set <laughs> I on thought, my phone. I, I was like, holy <laughs> shit, I, I'm getting my first LA flake. 
Like, that was a perfect segue. Like, got done explaining it. It was like, oh, hold on. I got another call. I got something else that I got to do. We got to cancel the podcast. (laughs) It was like a batch of honor for me. I felt like I was like, man, I'm pretty good at this shit. I got this on the first fucking try. (laughs) LA got shit on me. I'm ready to conquer the world now. Um... Yeah, but, yeah, LA what? sucks for that. Everyone is so happy to. It's like it's a bunch of people that are just proud workaholics. <laughs> LA, we're we're proud to just blow you off in more than one way. <laughs> you know? God, they're terrible. It's well, and even my friends that I have here, like I love them, but they're horrible. It's making me worse because every once in a while I'm like, oh, if I don't really feel like meeting up with this person, I guess I just don't have to, even though we've planned to for the last now, how does week that because work, fuck it, who cares? How does that work during <laughs> quarantine times? Like, is it more um, challenging now? Because, like, clearly, like, what else do you, like, I would challenge that. Like, I'd be like, I'd be countering all the way. I'd be like, well, hold on, what the fuck do you got to do that you can't hang out with me? Except now we can't really go hang out with each other anyway. True. This is very true. So, so I haven't really experienced a lot of that. And performers right now are all working. Mm-hmm. I know that like, yeah, performers are all working on, on content or some shit. I know that some of the dudes maybe are a little bit less because a lot of their content depends on, um, having a female body involved. But, um, I'm sure there's videos and then there's of dudes people, out there. There's people that off. have other businesses and stuff. I know that like Derek Pierce is doing his uh, fucking gym crap and online workouts and stuff right now. So Derek everyone's is always sort of... doing something crazy. Like every time I, I scroll through <laughs> Instagram, I'm like, what the fuck is he doing now? He's at the gym. He's banging chicks. He's dressing up as fucking superheroes. I'm like, dude, like. <laughs> When do you get to do He's got a lot normal? of business going on. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a busy man. You're, you're it, making I, me want to text I, him I, after this and be like, hey, what are you doing right now? <laughs> you know, just to, what? I said, you're making me want to text him afterwards and find out like, hey, what are you doing right now? You know, just to get some weird ass answer. <laughs> it's gonna be working he's gonna say yeah. i'm working yeah. you know why because that's all we do here in LA is work and 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 we're so proud of it i it, i don't get it back well, to that say... i don't fucking understand why we're so happy to not have lives but we we are yeah i was gonna say i mean <laughs> and, and you know and in all seriousness now with so many people out of work you know it's just it's it makes you really appreciate when you do have work and stuff to mm-hmm. do, you know, and, and I was saying to someone the other day and it's, it's, it's like, yeah, financially people need to work. People have bills, people have mortgages, people have, you know, whatever that they need to work and they need to make money to work. Um, so or they need to work to make money, you know, but, um, to sit, you know, to not have that, it's just like, it's weird because it's like, it's almost like you say you're like bored. Sometimes you're like, I'm almost at a point where I'm like, I'll just, I'll work just so that I'm, I'm fucking doing something and not just, you know, hanging out doing nothing or, you know, sometimes work can make you feel productive. It kind of just kind of makes things go a little bit more smoothly. Yeah. At least for I think me, we need anyway. a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Exactly. Kind of. Oh my fucking God. Mm-hmm. Uh, since the middle of March, 
I, I feel like my sleeping patterns have been so fucking weird and I try so hard. I'm like, I'm going to try to get into a routine because when you're working, you're in a routine. And now that I'm not, you know, working regularly, I'm like, I it just, it's weird. Like I'm, I find myself getting up at weird hours of the day and wanting to take like random ass naps. You know, it might just be a sign of old age. I mean, I'm getting to that point where I probably need afternoon naps <laughs> You know, but, (laughs) uh, yeah, it's weird. You know, I feel like when you're little kids, like little kids need afternoon naps, senior citizens, they need afternoon naps. Me, I'm like, I'm not a little kid and I'm surely not a senior citizen. I'm like, but I'm taking afternoon naps. Whereas if I was working, you would push through that, you know, like that's not an option. So, uh, working is not always a bad thing. No, working is great. It's just, um, I think that you have to limit, like, and obviously at at this time, everyone would love to get back to work, but I think that there's, there's also, it's also healthy to have some kind of leisure time in your life. Otherwise, what are, why the fuck are, what are you working for? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think a lot of countries do a lot better with that, like, living in Costa Rica, I kind of noticed that where people, people worked really hard when they were at work, but they didn't work so much that they didn't have a life and didn't have time Enjoy with their the family self. and their friends yeah, and yeah. shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I yeah. have friends that are like workaholics and it's just like, I, I sometimes question, I'm like, do you, do you get enjoyment out of just working or like they're, they talk about the salary that they're making I'm like, but when the hell do you ever get to enjoy any of the money that you make? You know what I mean? Like you, mm-hmm. you, you can't take it with you when you, when you go, you know? So not to say that you want to spend it all and, you know, just blow it on stupid shit. Like, obviously I'm all for investing and, you know, planning and stuff like that. But if you're working like seven days a week, you know, or working 12 hour days, Monday through Friday, you know, and then short shifts on a Saturday and a Sunday. Like, I just, I just don't understand where you get the time to actually enjoy all the hard work you're putting in. And I see now other countries, like you said, Costa Rica and I don't, you know, other countries that they allow you to have like time to, you know, take a break in the middle of the day, you know, like where like the city shuts down and it's just like, what? Like, it's just so unheard of here in the States. Yeah, no, we don't take breaks. And like even a 40 hour work, week isn't really considered all that I mean that's not that much work it's full-time you can obviously you can get a part-time job to go on top of that full-time job why would you ever not want to be working (laughs) but yeah but then you know uh, and obviously it's just kind of at this time everyone would love to be working but now I'm starting um, to ask too in LA these you meet all these different fans and just you know all walks of life whether they be polite creeps you know surreal creeps um what is uh what is dating life like for you do you date can you date in the adult business is it worth the time and and, and the the hassle of it or is it because you're working so much that you don't well no i i'll always you know i always make time for personal relationships um so I'm never working so much that I can't figure out a way. Uh, like, and I think that that's kind of how it is when you, if you really like someone, 
you're going to figure out a way to spend some time with them. Um, and that's kind of how I gauge if, whether or not somebody actually likes me is if they, if they can make time for me. Cause if they can't, they don't like you that much. Mm-hmm. So if I really like someone, I'll figure out how to make um, time for them. I dating here is weird because if you date, if you're, if you date someone in the porn industry, then you end up, you would think that there would be no jealousy, but that's bullshit. Like people in porn will still do weird crap. Like say that somebody that they don't like has to go on your no list and that kind of bullshit. If that makes sense, they're like, oh, I fucking hate that guy. But don't, don't work with him. And it's like, oh, but uh, okay, that's stupid. So you end up with like weird shit, weird drama if you date in the porn industry. And if you date outside the porn industry, you end up with this whole other like kind of weird bullshit where the person is super chill about you, your job until they're not. Um, so dating is not easy I had I the last relationship I had it was um with a guy that was he he said he was really cool and apparently he was bragging about it which makes me feel weird I'm like so were you dating me because you wanted to tell people you're dating someone important that's weird but um he was really cool with it and really cool with it and he followed me on twitter and I told him that he should probably mute me on Twitter because I was like, you have an emotional relationship with me and you're going to see some shit if you follow me on Twitter. And um, and then he saw a video of a guy peeing on me and he lost his fucking mind over that. And was and yeah, so there's always going to be that thing that comes up that ruins it. But I don't think, I don't know. It's not impossible. I mean, there's people that are married and shit in this industry, but I don't think it's easy. I mean, it's, it's, it's weird hearing you say that because, well, not weird, but just it's, it's because I hear it all the time. Like, I feel like it's, it's, it's like a, a pre-recorded response when I ask people about dating in the industry, because you always hear the same kind of story where it's like, you get the clout chasers that, you know, they just want to brag about it and everything's chill until it's not. And then, um, but it's different. That's just the first time I've heard, um, someone say about being in the business, dating in the business and then having like a no, like a, like a band list, like at the mm-hmm. end of the, like at the end of the day, like you would think that both of you being in the business would understand that, the, that it is what it, it is that it's a business, you know I mean? It's just like, if you were working on a, you know, at a Wegmans or a Best Buy or something, it's like saying to somebody, like, I don't want you to have shifts with, you know john because you know i don't like the way he rings people up like or the way they right. stock a shelf you know it's kind of weird well, like it's that's and like, i think I can't it's an insecurity that. thing i think mm-hmm. like if a guy is doing that it's like he's afraid that this person will fuck you better than he does and it's just or something i don't even i actually i don't know i don't know what it is it doesn't make sense but it happens a lot. I, and, and I had a, I had, I started seeing a guy um, when I was newer and he'd been around for quite a while. And, um, and he kind of did that to me where he started naming people that he didn't fucking like. And I'm like, okay. And then he 
wanted to be the only person I did anal scenes with. And, you know, and when people start to kind of make those lists, it's like, that's, there's some insecurity and jealousy there that, that you have to, I don't know, acknowledge. And it seems like everyone expects for people in porn to not have that. But I think we just, we just have it almost the same amount as everyone else. It's just in different ways. It's like, well, I don't care who fucks your pussy, but like only me and, you know, my friend over here can fuck your ass. Those are the rules. (laughs) Otherwise I'm going to be horribly, horribly jealous and weird and make, you know, this whole relationship miserable. Well, it's understandable to, to, to a degree because you would think that people that are in the business are kind of like numb to it. But at the end of the day, like we are all human beings. So there is, you know, a positive and a negative to it is like at least the positive is, is like at least, you know, that person is a human being that has, you know, some, some kind of sense of reality and, you know, conscious that they don't want you shooting with certain people. But at the end of the day, you stop and you think about it and go, but you realize we're in the same business and you know what we do for a living. So why would you even mm-hmm. compromise to something like that, knowing that that these things are going to come up, you know, so it's. Yeah, I could see where the frustration would be, you know, dealing with that. And then definitely the frustration of dealing outside of the business because you don't know, again, who is dating you because, you know what I mean? They want extra likes on social media or just something to brag about or, you know, and then then it makes you think, too. It's just like even if you were dating somebody outside of the business and if they didn't get upset or didn't have like a no list for you, I would be the type that would be questioned be like, does that person even really truly – you know, care about me because they, they don't show any kind of like concern, you know, they're just like, ah, oh, that's fine. Whatever. You know, it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I think you have to let your partner be the one that decides like which thing is special or like, and right now I'm, I'm uncoupled, but, um, but even for me, like there's certain friends of mine that I'm like, but you, that you have to, that I'm kind of like, you know, I'll do this with this person, but not with this person. And I think in a partnership, you have to let your partner decide that for themselves. So if your partner says, you know what, I don't want to do these, these kinds of scenes with other people, then, then it, it should be up to them. It can't be up to you because once you start giving your partner a whole bunch of rules that they have to abide by to be with you, especially when it's like a change of rules, from how their life was before you, it's just going to be met with resentment. So I think the way that you show you care is instead of saying you have to be a certain way, you have to like say something about yourself. Like, Hey, I want to do this mm-hmm. and then see where they go. And, and I think in porn that that's kind of almost how I would approach it. If I, if I was dating someone, I'd be like, you know, um, I'm only going to do these kinds of scenes with you from now on. And that would make them feel special is, is because that's your job as a partner is it's not to tell people what they can or can't do, especially if they've already been doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, the only time I could think of is like, if it's somebody's first something, like if you're, if some dude is dating a girl and she's um, getting, getting booked for her first anal or something. And if he was like, maybe you could ask if you could do your first anal with me, that would be cute. And that would make sense and whatever. But um, to tell your girlfriend who's been doing anal for a year 
that she has to stop doing anal scenes with anyone but you now because you're possessive is not, I don't think, coming from a loving place necessarily. And I like that response. And it's, 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 it's you got to kind of find that, that, that thing that you guys can have that's special and hope that you find a girl that's in the business who hasn't done almost everything so that you can have that first and that one thing with someone that, you know, but I like how you say it's up to that person. So, you know, you know, it's like, let me think of something that I have not done that I'm willing to not do on camera for the sake of me and my partner to have that one intimate thing that we can say that we share with each other. Mm-hmm. Or if it's something that you've done, but you don't mind giving up doing on camera, like, mm-hmm. but it's still, just, it just needs to be up to that person. Like whenever we start making rules for our partners and I, I think it's, this probably it goes outside of porn. It just creates resentment because it makes the person feel like now because of you, I can't do something. Mm-hmm. And that never, that never turns out well for anybody. So I think that just in relationships in general, you have to kind of come up with agreements that work for everyone and nobody gets to just regulate what is or is not allowed it kind of has it has to be more conversational than that and i think that's a big mistake that people make when it comes to relationships in general maybe now what are you what are you attracted to when looking for a relationship or not even so much looking for a relationship but like when you're out and about like what attracts you to somebody i'm always attracted to somebody that's laughing <laughs> like, like if if I'm in a bar and there's some, well, honestly, attractive man or woman, but they're laughing really hard at something, I'll probably look at them first. Um, and it's weird when but, I say that because I mean, naturally, as humans, obviously, it's a physical attraction, you know. So I always mm-hmm. call I always call the bullshit when people say, "Well, I like a guy who's got a great personality." I'm like, yeah, you can like a guy that has a great personality, you know, is charming and whatnot, but you don't see that when you first walk into a bar or walk into a club, you know, like, so physically, what is, what are you seeing that, you know, oh, really catches okay, your eye? Physically. Okay. With, with, uh, cause I date men and women equally. And, and I honestly am very attracted to very different people depending on their gender with women. I usually like, Man, I like fake tits. And I feel like it's narcissistic. Like I have them and I like I like my girls to have a lot of fake shit on them. Like if I look at my dating patterns, I'm like fake tits, fake lips. Yep. Some some the, there's so like the there's going to be injections look? here and there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's my thing. I like it. I don't really care like hair color and stuff. I don't care about, but um, girls that are relatively fit with like ridiculous knockers is, is probably my thing for, for like women. When now, I, now, if, if, is this relationship like, is it a, a sexual You ask me or? what I'm attracted to when I walk into a bar. <laughs> well, I, we I, have two, we're having two different conversations here. <laughs> well, I'm saying it's cause like you say, you, you date women and men equally, but. Uh-huh. When I ask that question, people have a different perspective of when they say, you know, when they say date. So they say they have relationships with guys like a, like a more boyfriend and girlfriend, but 
with girls, it's kind of like, oh, that it's just sexual. So do you date girls for like a relationship or is it just a sexual? No, thing? I my my first relationships were with girls. I didn't even start seeing dudes until I was in my twenties. Um, if it's if anything is is more on the just sexual side, it's probably my relationships with men. Okay. Because I hear the opposite a lot from other people. They're like, oh, like I date guys and guys are, you know, that's my boyfriend and we do boyfriend, girlfriend type things. But with girls, it's like, oh, I'm just bringing her home just to fuck. Yeah, it's rare for me to want to spend a lot of time with a male person. Um, But it happens. I mean, obviously, my last relationship was with with the guy, like I mentioned. But um, usually I tend to have more um, emotional intimacy with women, but there, there's still the initial attraction for, and for me, that's huge knockers, but, um, <laughs> but <laughs> which is no, nothing. After- I'm not disagreeing with that at all. You know, <laughs> totally on board with that. But after that, yeah, I usually make my emotional connections with women less than men with exceptions. Um, and with men, I, I like, I actually, I actually, to be honest, and I make fun of dudes a lot in L.A. that work out too much and groom their eyebrows and shit, but I'm so into it. <laughs> like, I, like I, and I hate myself for that because I'm like, like, why am I so into to this? But I think it goes back to, I like, I don't know. I like, I like people that, I don't I like people that look like cartoon characters. <laughs> like, like you look like a very stylized version of a human being. Let's have sex. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say like I, I'd be really like weirded out if like we turned on your TV and the last channel you're watching was like Cartoon Network or something. You know, like Adult Swim. Like I get off on Adult Swim. What? <laughs> no, no, not I'm not there yet. I watched some <laughs> some anime porn though. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me ask you that. You watch anime porn, and I've had people tell me, not on the show, but just in general talking, and I always found it kind of amusing when people tell me that they've watched or they watch so much porn that regular porn does nothing for them. Like, they need to find something, like, weirder and, like, outside of the realm. And not saying that anime porn is, is weirder and outside of the realm, but, I mean, traditionally, you know, you just think of it's not you know, a regular porn. It's weirder. Yeah, it's, it's weirder. totally weird. Yeah, it's it's weirder in the sense that, you know, it's not something that is traditional. Um, but what's kind of like your feeling on that? Do you like, do you feel like that you, you have to find new and weird, kinkier shit to kind of arouse you? Or like, what, what gets you going? Mm, well, with the anime porn, most of it's normally because I just don't want to watch people that I... That um, you know? You know, hang out with having sex with each other. It's weird. Like, fuck, this scene was great until this guy or this girl showed the fuck up. Like, god damn it. You had to answer that door, you know, and I got to click off on this shit. Exactly. So, um, so that's why I watch anime shit. But my my porn, I don't know. Honestly, my porn viewing habits are, are about the same. They probably have gotten less edgy than they used to be. Because I started out doing like really extreme shit, like like my BDSM performances, like some of them, like for for um, Intersec, it's a different company, but like they were just obnoxious, like just ridiculous fucking bondage scenes, and so 
I think that I've almost gotten all of that out of my system in real life. And now I want to watch people like cuddle fuck. So I watch anime porn to not see my friends. And then sometimes I'll look for like really amateur shit. And I'm talking like super amateur. Like these are definitely not industry people. They're, they may or may not be attractive. They've set up their cell phone against like a Coke can on, on, a, on a table. They're fucking on the couch. The TV is on in the background and maybe the cat walks across the screen or whatever. I love that shit. Like just people in their house fucking. That's it's like crack what I want to see. Fucked my neighbor while the wife is gone. Like what? Or just like a married couple that are like, you know, that are just exhibitionists every once in a while you find. I have a, I have a couple from Chicago that I'm friends with that they're kind of like that, like every once in a while. Um, he'll, the dude will like set up a dildo on like a coffee table, like one of those suction cup dildos. And then she'll like do squats on it and he'll take a video of it and like dirty talk to her. And I'm like, you guys are so fucking cute. And that's definitely <laughs> what I would watch. <laughs> like, like, this is so fucking adorable. Like, oh my God, I just want to hug you guys, you know? <laughs> it's adorable. Preferably as you're squatting, you know? Like... <laughs> Oh man. Um uh, right. Well and she's like a personal trainer and shit and so he turns the tables on her and will like say all this motivational crap and I'm like, Oh man, you're so cute. Like it's just it's romantic. Or like the hidden camera, like in the like in the hotel room thing, you're like And you know it's like yeah. some amateur shit. You're like, This fucking girl has no clue there's a camera in there and even if and, and that's that's the genius of it, because even if she does to be able to give the the idea or perception that it's that they don't know i'm like that's like genius cinema right there people like you know like they you think they don't know but really they do you know and i think they do know i'm pretty mm. sure most of those they do mm. yeah i mean that's yeah, that's, I like that's, that's, that's how you know you and me have probably watched and experienced too much of this stuff that we like we think about along <laughs> those lines <laughs> That's what we've taken it to a whole nother level of like breaking down and analyzing film. Um, yeah. And I just hope that like everyone that's, you know, on camera having sex, at least knows and consented to be having sex on camera. But, yes. I don't want to be um, witness to something that I find out later was like not consensual. And then I'm like, I need a cleanse. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know how to scrub that off of me. So yeah. I like to hope that. Everyone, everyone. It's like it's like when you watch a scary board. movie and you keep telling yourself it's not real, it's not real, it's not real. You know. Yeah, but she yeah, my, but my favorite stuff is when when a couple they just honestly they just want to fuck. Like you could even when the guy like you know is holding the camera and the you know wife of the of you know varying attractiveness we'll do a strip tease and then and then the dude will like set the camera up and it's all fucking tilted and shit and then he goes in and fucks her and you just like don't see anything because they don't know how to open up but they're having such a good time like i will masturbate to that probably faster than anything else you guys are having a genuinely awesome time you know like he accidentally (laughs) bumps the the nightstand or something and then the the camera Uh falls and you're like Fuck, dude, all I can see is your fucking feet. <laughs> Look at the camera. The camera fell. Pick it up. 
You know, like, put as long as you're having fun. <laughs> like fuck, now I'm staring at the ceiling. What the fuck just happened? You know. Um. Now, in the business, what? I mean, clearly you've done a lot of stuff. What do you have a no list of stuff that you will not do, or? But it really depends on who I'm. I, I won't do poop stuff. You'll do pee, but no poop. Yeah, no. Once, I, but no honestly, twos. I've, I've done I've done poop once, and and it was an awesome paycheck, and it was early in my career, and it's never going to happen again. Um, <laughs> deal. Yeah, no. It, it's too gross. So anyway, poop is, poop is on the um, band list. But, what? So, so poop is on the band list. Anything else? Yeah, and that's. No, everything else is completely dependent on the performer I'm working with. Okay. So I have a different no list for different people. Like there's certain people that honestly I can't think of what would be on my no list for them. Like um like there's maybe two people that are like that and everyone else is like varying degrees of no or yes. <laughs> you know. Gotcha. Now, what is something yeah. you still want to do? Like, do you have a bucket list, or? Um, not really. Like, I've, I, I, gosh, I've done a lot of things. I would have to think about that. I would like to do like there's certain kinds of scenes that I would like to do with specific performers that I haven't. Okay. Um, so not so much stuff and, that you haven't done, just stuff you haven't done with certain people. Yeah, there's certain people that it generally like that I really like, but I haven't gotten to do certain scenes with them, and I would really lo- like to. <laughs> so, gotcha. Yeah, more like that. Um, because as far as things that are done in porn, I mean, there are things I haven't done in porn, but there's not a lot. Mm-hmm. Like... You know, so, so, um, now what is, what are some of the things you do enjoy doing? I guess, do you, do you things where you're like, you get offered to do something and you're like, always hell yeah to that. Or, you know, I got to think about that. Uh, I love, I like, I like gonzo scenes. I like the, I like my more extreme scenes the best usually. So, um, when I work with a person that is going to, that is going to try to fist me or something, I I usually get excited about that. So um, those are the kinds of scenes I like the most is either like kink scenes or gonzo stuff. Um, That's kind of like how you came up though. Like you're into that stuff. What? That's kind of like how you came up into the business though with like the kink stuff, you know, so not surprised to hear that, that that's the stuff you go back to. Yeah. Yeah. You go back to, you know, what you started with and, and I like acting and things, but those, I mean, it tends to be a really long day and sometimes the scripts, sometimes there's a really fun script in front of you. And sometimes there's a script that like really tedious in front of you, but fucking is always fun. So, (laughs) 
I really like I really like, like Gonzo. At the end of the day, no matter how we get from A to B, as long as we get to B, <laughs> I'm cool with it. Yep. And 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 so like companies like Evil Angel and stuff, they get you to be just a little bit faster. So every time, you know, I have a call seat that's like you're gonna be doing a double DP scene for Evil Angel, I'm like, Yeah, yes, that sounds like a fantastic idea because <laughs> I will show up, I'll sit in a makeup chair, I'll get my picture taken and then I'll fuck and that's it. <laughs> now what is, what is in your opinion and you've done some wild kinky shit in your opinion what is the craziest thing that you've ever ever done in your opinion because mind you you probably are there's going to be people that are going to hear this that are going to say you know what you may consider normal or an everyday occurrence for you is like off the scale for them oh you know it's still probably it's still probably some suturing stuff. Like I, I had my my uh, labia sutured clothes with you know a medical suture. What? Um, <laughs> and and <laughs> that and is then, some off the wall shit. And then I had a a toy inserted into my rectum. Sorry, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get really technical here. And um, I was G spot stimulated so that I would squirt, and the squirt would come through the sutures that had closed up my labia. That was probably the most extreme and interesting thing I've done. I got a fun, but not this the scene. most horrible. <laughs> <laughs> this is some stuff that is gonna just knock me. Knock me down. <laughs> and I thought I've seen all kinds of weird shit. <laughs> just the thought of it, like, I'm just like, the look on my face is just like, what? <laughs> um, so It was my idea. Like, I thought it was a fantastic idea. It was absolutely horribly painful. <laughs> now, uh, what's, uh, what's something that, um, like, you plan on doing within the next couple of years? Like, what is, where can we see you at? on a short term and a long term basis where do you where would you like to be um I, you know i probably will slow down on porn in the next few years i uh, i i mean i've been doing quite a bit of dog training recently and um i would like to get some certifications for that and kind of move on to that actually and probably do porn, but only with people I like. Okay. All right. Now, um, yeah. looking through Instagram and Twitter, um, and we got a couple questions from people, and I, and I had to, I had to like go through some of these questions because some of these are just like the normal questions and everything. But one of the ones that uh, I, I thought was really interesting is, what is something that you are uh you can do whether it be a talent or you know something you're capable of doing that would really surprise people hmm that would really surprise people yeah like if it's like whether it be you know like you throw it down in the kitchen like you're a good cook or you know like what's something like what's something that i guess like Something that people would not expect to hear from you. Although I feel like a lot of people listening to the podcast are probably hearing a lot of stuff that they did not expect to hear. Yeah. <laughs> at least I can vouch for that and say there's stuff that I've heard tonight that I'm like, I really was not expecting that answer. 
Huh. Okay. <laughs> um, let's, let me think. Uh, I, I, guess I mean, you got to be talented terrible. in something um, else other than, you know. Well, I am talented at things. Holder. I'm just trying to think of something that would be surprising <laughs> to people. Or, or not even um, so much surprising. I mean, you got you to think people that watch you or know, know you, they only know you that, you know, you do porn. So something is saying oh, that I'm like, a really good I'm a really good uh judge of the confirmation of beef cattle. Okay. That's that's interesting, you know, like <laughs> most people can't, you know, couldn't do that. Um gosh, I, like I like all I can think of like as far as surprising things go, it it'd probably be all like farm related. <laughs> Otherwise, I, I I don't know. Well, that what I'm kind all of that what kind of hobbies do you have? I mean, you got to be doing something other than you know porn stuff. I mean, you mentioned that you, you were uh, doing dogs. The dog I train I yeah. like training dogs is my main hobby. I mean, we've seen um, we've seen your pup on Twitter, and uh, you also have you have mm-hmm. cats as well. Yeah, I have I have Luna, and I have a cat, and then I've got um, not right now because of this quarantine, but I've got, I've got several clients and stuff that I, you know, teach their dogs, various things, mostly, mostly like behavioral stuff, like, um, you know, helping people get their dog to stop chewing the legs of the couch or <laughs> can you or get my dog to talk to dirty the to dog me. door? <laughs> what? I said, or ask him, can you get your dog to talk dirty to me? You know, like some weird <laughs> shit. <laughs> Probably not. Let's <laughs> Wolf is gonna be Wolf regardless, dude. I can't help you with that one. <laughs> now, where, yep. what what kind of uh, what kind of presence? Let everybody know, like presence you have online. Like, where can people find you at online? I know a lot of people do this, you know, uh, OnlyFans, and they do all kinds of uh, their own websites. If somebody wanted to stay in touch with you, or you know, just support you, you know, during these quarantine times, where can people connect with you? I mean, you can go to my Twitter, um, which is London Sea River, or my Instagram, which is London River and Sea. You just move the sea from the middle to the back. Um, and my OnlyFans is OnlyFans.com slash London River. If you want to like chat and have a conversation with me, that's where I do it. And I also do live shows on OnlyFans at least once a week. I try to do two to three times a week this week. Not so much because of technical problems, but um, at least once a week I'm on there live chatting and doing various strange, bizarre sexual things. So that's a good place to go. And, and it's worth noting that tomorrow at, at 4 p.m., I, I'm looking through the, the Twitter right now, you're going to be uh, test driving some new goodies that you test got. Test driving. <laughs> so toys. kind of promote yeah. that and plug that with all the emphasis on plugging. Um, what, 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 what are people going to be seeing on this only show and the only fans live show? Oh, do you just ask me what people are going to be seeing? Yeah. I mean, like if, promote this because oh. like, we're watching this little video here and we got all, we got all kinds of trinkets right. that you got on the well, bed. Here. I got a whole bunch of, mm. I got like this whole big bag of toys from, um, evolved. It's a, it's a manufacturer company and like, there, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I cheated and I used one of them today because I was like, well, this will be interesting and it's really fucking fun. So um, basically I'm going to go through 
six of them and um, kind of try them out. Because I can, I can come six times like in a row very easily. It'll be fun. And who doesn't like that? <laughs> and try them out and talk about them. <laughs> I was going to say, it feels like it's an infomercial. Like, I feel like this is like QVC or something here. Like... <laughs> Yeah, kind of, but with orgasms and, you know, probably squirting. Like, some of these are intense. Like, I'm like, I'm going to have to, like, put down tarp or something because some of these are really, trash bags, really, plastic really bags all over the bed. Like, <laughs> exactly. I had to put down some plastic. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I was thinking, like, painter's tarp or something. But. <laughs> Uh, well, Home Depot's and Lowe's stores are open during quarantine, so you know that's essential that you have you know um, the proper uh, equipment there to make sure that you, you don't make a mess. Um, exactly. Now you, say you, you, now you say you could come six times in a row with like where it's not a problem. Um, being someone that's in the business, and you know, obviously when we're not in quarantine, you're shooting and then doing your own content. Like, how often do you masturbate just for the simple fact of just for your own enjoyment, not because you had to have a camera or is it every time you do it, it's like you got to have a roaming camera everywhere. Oh no, I do. I masturbate every day. Okay. Just for your own personal enjoyment or. Yes. Okay. You got to have time to yourself. You know, Uh, just to make sure everything is regulated and, you know, is, you know, is functioning properly before you go on a live show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it also, I, I, I find it it's relaxing. It's a good way to wake up in the morning. Like you masturbate and then you have your coffee and, you know, it's like a ritualized thing. What's better way to start the day? Yeah. <laughs> Just throw the masturbation yeah. in there, you know. Um, yeah, I'm, I usually masturbate before coffee or shower, but, you know, okay. I, everyone yeah, has that's their own order of how they want to do things. Yeah, it's counterproductive to masturbate and then, or get a shower and then masturbate, you know. And you're going to get it out of the way and get, you know, kind of dirty with yourself. You know, you want to kind of shower afterwards. Exactly. You don't want to, you don't want to, yeah. You have to shower multiple times. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you don't want to rinse off again. Dr. Fauci says, you know, you should masturbate before getting a shower, you know, so. Okay. I mean, I'm pretty sure he said it at some point during these briefings. You know, sometimes these briefings go on. Yeah, I'm for sure hours. he did. Yeah, I think I think I saw that one. Yeah. That's real. Yep. That's what I really wish that I could do voice impressions. You know, just have like a really good Dr. Fauci voice to say. You know, like make sure, make sure you <laughs> right. you play with your pussy, then you get a shower. You know, and then. But I'm mm. horrible at that, so. Um, well, before we let you go, and we, uh, first I got to say that it's been awesome talking to you, and it, it makes this whole like courting you and trying to like get you in the corner and be like, "Chick, come on my show," uh, all that much more worth it. And I hope it was good for you as it was for me. Um, I like Yay! To, I like to use that line <laughs> a lot, and then hopefully, you know, hope for the best response. But um, what, what do you want the fans? Yeah, it to was know? really good for me. It was it was good for you. <laughs> if, yeah, like I said, if you if you want to okay. you know light up a cigarette afterwards, like I'm you know I'm cool with it. <laughs> you know, like need that cold shower. You know, or hell, just you know maybe these people need to go to your OnlyFans. Maybe she might just pop up and do just a random surprise show. That's why you got to sign up for these things. You never know. But what do you, <laughs> what do you want the fans to know? 
before you get out of here? Anything that I may have not covered, anything that you really want to make sure that you, you drive home and let them know? That they're appreciated, especially the ones that are, that are paying or even going to like Pornhub and stuff, because usually we get, we get some kind of payment or producer too, when you um, watch verified things that everyone, everyone in the industry needs a lot of support right now. So, so I appreciate them. Definitely during these, you know, tough economical times, you know, not everybody Mm -hmm. has the extra money to, you know, sign up for OnlyFans and, you know, even the people that are, you know, it's, even though it's porn, you know, it's, it's a business, it's a livelihood for people, you know, so if you can support people in any way, whether it's be, you know, supporting your neighbors or local small businesses, you know, that little pizza spot around the corner, you know, like if you can order from them and just kind of keep them afloat, um, it sounds so cliche to say we're all in this together, but you know, I mean, hashtag we're all in this together, you know, like we all have to kind of like help each other out and rally behind each other uh, during this time. So that's, it's really cool for these people that are, you know, giving what they can, you know, even if it's a small tip that, you know, that you're least appreciative of, you know, the efforts mm-hmm. of these people. So. Yeah. Or even just, I mean, there's people that aren't, aren't on only fans or aren't really subscribers to a website that, you know, are still, are still making sure they're seeing verified producers on Pornhub and stuff. So like, and things like that. And, and so they're still supporting the industry in some way. And honestly, like, like porn, porn isn't really going to go anywhere. I worry more for things like restaurants and stuff. So I think everyone just needs Mm -hmm. to kind of be nice to each other. Everyone just be nice to yeah. everyone. Cause you can, time. you can make porn out of your house. I mean, I guess you could cook food out of your house too, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I, I totally get it. I mean, MNB radio now, we're now officially on Spotify and uh, they gave me this little thing. They're like, you know, tell your listeners to continue to support you, you know, any way they can, whether it's 99 cents or, you know, whatever. And it's, and it's, it is weird. I, I mean, I can't speak for other people. It's weird for me to, you know, like be asking people like, Hey, can I have a dollar, you know, but, uh, there's people out there that, that really need that help, you know, and that support. So any way you can support people, uh, definitely, uh, you know, help out if you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you have expendable income right now, like, like it doesn't have to be porn. It could be anybody, but, but yeah, help other people out. Well, we appreciate you coming on and talking to us. And I always laugh when I sit there and I look and say, you know, Geez, we've been talking for almost two hours, and it's crazy how quickly time goes by, but it's been awesome talking to you and getting to know you a little bit on a more personal level um, other than just seeing you do wild, kinky shit on film, which we greatly appreciate. Like, I am like I am doing the Wayne's World We Are Not Worthy. Like, totally cool for you to do that, <laughs> uh, but it's cool that fans are able to uh, see a different side of you that isn't necessarily of uh, the adult side so it's been really cool talking to you and we wish you much success and make sure you check her out on only fans and again tomorrow at 4 p.m uh that's specific standard time i assume right your time california yeah. time so, well it's right. actually daylight time but yes it's specific daylight. yeah okay all right so check her mm-hmm. out on her only fans and uh watch this test drive i'm going to make sure that uh you know i block out some time that i'm going to go ahead and uh, check out this uh this test drive because 
maybe there be something there that you know I might want to buy and put on my my Q card or my QVC card. Um, you know, yeah, and, and, and even buy. if you don't want to buy something, and then you still get to watch me, you know, make a mess of myself, which is also fun. It's like watching the guy <laughs> do the sham well presentation. I'm not going to buy a sham well, but hey. Kudos and uh, you know, a round of applause and a small golf clap for you for uh, showing us how that works. <laughs> <Right. No. laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, we appreciate it again, London, and uh, we you know hope to hear more things from you soon. Okay. Bye. Hi, it's London River, and you're listening to Mixed Master B at MMB Radio.